0: This is How Men Think with Brooks Like and Gavin DeGraw, an iHeartRadio podcast.
1: Welcome to another episode of How Men Think. My name is Brooks Like, and this is a show where we dive into the mind of a man and really try and uncover and discover what's going on inside the brains of the men in your life. And so today we're going to have a really interesting discussion. It's something I'm super passionate about and I'm currently going through. We're going to have a discussion about elevating to success and then a pivot in life changing a transitionary trajectory of your life into something new which a lot of people are thinking about right now in the time of COVID should I change my career path should I change my relationship should I make a big pivot in life and so I have a special guest coming on to co-host the next hour with me I love it love it love it when I bring on a professional athlete because he's a brother we can speak the same language he's a running back in the NFL for the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Oakland Raiders, and the New York Giants recently retired. He is an author on a couple accounts. We'll get into that. He's an entrepreneur. He's a philanthropist. He's on TV. He's a man of many hats. Welcome to the show, Mr. Rashad Jennings. How are you, buddy?
2: Good. I appreciate it, man. I'm. You know, I'm, I, I was listening to you roll things off. I was like, that sounds like a cool dude. <laughs> right? Hey, I know.
1: I know, dude. I love. I, I say this every episode. Of we bring on, we bring on some amazing guests that are multi-talented like super multi-talented. And so um, I love that you're a professional athlete, but then I love what you've done since that. And you've become an author, you've written your own book, and now you've written a children's book. Um, You're very involved uh, philanthropically with service, with your time. You are also, I forgot to mention this, a mirror ball champion. (laughs) A mirror ball, like you won Dancing with the Stars. So I I love just the hats that you wear, brother. It's inspiring to me.
2: I appreciate that, man. Yeah, that's uh, the mirror ball one. All of the all of all of the fortunate, humble accomplishments thus far. Definitely uh, been kind of um, all out of left field for me, man. I've just kind of had my head down with a smile on my face, working for dreams and goals. And it's cool to see what's mm-hmm. surpassed so far.
1: So I love that. I I want to really dive into the mirror ball thing because I want to get back to that because Dancing the Stars is back on. And Emma is a great friend of mine. Um, but I want to start right there with what you said. You've always had your head down chasing your dreams and your goals. And I love your story about even about your, your first football game. I think it was where four other running backs were hurt Mm -hmm. and you got a chance to play and there happened to be a scout there. Mm -hmm. Um, can you, can you take us back to the start of what, what became an amazing football career, but how you, you, when I look at you and read your story, Rashad, um, you have overcome obstacle your entire life you are an extraordinary extraordinarily resilient person who has overcome obstacle your entire life um can you tell us that story about the first football game and sort of
2: a lucky break for you yeah man so that's fun every time i tell a story i, I chuckle throughout it all um because it's a true story i, I none fabricated about it at all but i was a fifth string running back in high school football um this overweight chubby kid glasses asthma had a 0.6 gpa at one point in time and um when i say i was fifth string i mean literally i was the fifth string running back so much to the point i never played either um i used to come out you know when we break the white tape go on the sideline and you know kick off yep i would go on side, i would take the i would take my pads out of my thigh pads no thigh pads remove the thigh pass, remove the knee pass, remove the hip pass, remove the butt pass. And inside those little sockets, those little holes, I would stuff in like M&M candy. You know, I would stuff in uh, sprites and all kinds of stuff. But I know I didn't play, and I know I had front row tickets to a great game. But uh, the last game we're playing against, last game of the season, we're playing against a high school rival. uh are the Jefferson Forest Cavaliers. We're playing against the Brookfield Bees. And it is sold out because it's one his high school rivals, last game of the season. And also, Brookville, if they beat us, they go to the playoffs. We're done one yep. way or the other. So it's like our Super Bowl is a big game. We want to knock them out. And, um, you know, there was a Tennessee scout there to watch our starting running back. His name was Quincy Freeman. He's really good. And uh, long story short, start a of game off. We get the ball, go out, first play. Our starting running back gets hurt. And uh, I got a buddy of mine. His name is Brandon. Well, we call him Speedy, right? He didn't earn his name at all. And, okay. Uh, he didn't play either, so I, uh, me and him, he's like the friend that just is always overly excited for people. Yeah. And so when he saw the starter getting hurt, he was shaking. He's like, "Hey man, they're gonna play you today. They're gonna play you." And I'm sitting over here. I'm like, "Man, get off me!" Go back to eat my M and Ms. Watching the game. Second string goes out. <laughs> A couple plays through it. He gets hurt. You know, So speed again. Like yo, they might actually play you. I'm like, "Man, get off me!" No, they ain't gonna play me. Go back to eat my candy. Third string goes out. He gets hurt, right? So then they put back in a starter because he taped up his ankle. He had an ankle injury. He go back out. He gets hurt again. So then they're down to the fourth running back. And, um, you know, four plays later, he gets hurt, right? Come on. So, you know, it's down to me, right? Speedy's lost his mind. You know, he's over here doing backflips and stuff. And and, and the coach scans the sideline. He catches eye contact with me. He looks away. He grabs a wide receiver and puts him in at running back instead of me, right? So, like, part of me is mad because I'm like, yo, this is my opportunity. The other part is like, I ain't going out there getting hurt. Like, I don't know why everybody's getting hurt. Sure enough, he gets hurt. Have no choice but to put me in, right? And uh, I go out there, red hands from M&Ms, and, like, I picked up the wrong helmet, and it was just all bad. But first play, 40-yard touchdown. Come on. Um, yeah, man, he couldn't tell me nothing. I came back on the <laughs> sideline. I chest bumped Speedy. You know, he falls. <laughs> and after afterwards, um, they put me back in on offense later. I scored another touchdown. Similar situation on defense. Guys are getting hurt left and right. They put me in on defense. First play, I sacked the quarterback. He fumbled. I picked it up and scored another 30-yard touchdown. And I sealed the game with a pick six for the win. And so I scored four touchdowns. All right, I played 14 total plays, two on offense, two on defense. And that Tennessee scout that came to watch the starting running back came up to me after the game. And he said, you know, Rashad, I I came to watch the starting running back, um, but I couldn't help but to notice you. I didn't even see your name on the roster. And I was like, yeah, that sounds about right. And he said, well, how are your grades? And I I looked up at him and I said, well, sir, I have a 0.6. He was like, "Well, how the hell you got a point six? You got to try to do that." But that, like, he he looked at me. He said, "Rashad, you have potential. Get your grades right. You might play at the collegiate level." For the first time in my life, somebody saw something in me outside yeah. of family. Yeah, they're, they're gonna encourage me no matter what. Long story short, man, I transferred high schools. I repeated my junior year. I took non-homeschool classes, non-summer school classes. Um, and I rededicated myself. I never looked back. I stopped making excuses. I stopped blaming people. I started taking ownership and responsibility over everything I did, and the rest has been history from there.
1: Dude, and then you're drafted 23rd overall to the Jacksonville Jaguars, first-round pick, and then you play in the NFL for how many seasons? Nine seasons? Did you play? Uh, I snuck
2: eight. snuck eight. Eight seasons. Yeah. Eight seasons is
1: amazing. Dude, do you ever just look at that day and just – there's something greater going on there. Like that's, if that isn't divine intervention, I have no idea what it was like. Five guys get a hurt ahead of you guys on defense get hurt. And you happen to just step into this role. Do you ever think about what your life might've been like if it didn't, if that day didn't
2: occur? And so much that I wrote a a, a book that became a New York Times bestseller about it. <laughs> um, am the if in life. And, uh, to play on words and spell out the word life if it's in the middle and you know i, I kind of just talk about all my major if moments but yeah for myself that never happened um there's no telling you know i i, I know i would have uh, you know from the opportunity i did have in place i would have graduated high school um i, I would have probably uh, ventured to be a marriage counselor which i still desire to do in a lot of years of my life i'm mm. um, actually got my master's I'm in it now and getting licensed soon. Um, Good for you, buddy. Yeah, but I, I know I wouldn't be on this platform that I have currently today. Not a chance.
1: You, you, um, most likely would you say you most likely wouldn't have made the NFL if that day didn't happen?
2: Not a chance. No way. I don't think that would happen. I don't think I would have uh, uh, been fortitude an, an opportunity of a fresh start. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't have had a clean slate. I would have. I would have been. And I would have had the willow and the demeanor that I built about my name in a school and coaches and teachers that I couldn't start over with. So I had a fresh start and I took advantage of it.
1: Um, I've always said that you can never underestimate the power of one person believing in you. When When I think of you, you mentioned your parents and people before. I think of my mom, I think of my dad, my brother and my sister, their belief in me just drove me so far and was so important to me. But what about the belief that this gentleman, this scout had in you? How did that single interaction with him just saying, Rashad, I see you, you could play collegiate ball. Um, what did that just do to you individually as far as changing your habits, your behaviors, your character?
2: It made me look at future. Um, you know, because my desires were all to accomplish things in in years to come. I didn't really have a lot of desires or dreams mm. accomplished in the moment. They were always in the future. So yeah. when I was encouraged, I saw future differently. And um, I, you know, that's why I, tr- I try to inspire kids to see you down the road. Um, seeing today is kind of tough sometimes. Not just in today, yeah. just any any. Any normal time. So for me, man, when a scout saw and he's coming from a validated position, mm-hmm. it's not somebody that's working at Seven Eleven saying you can do it one day. It's somebody yeah. in a validated position that does this for a living that saw something in me and um, it encouraged me and let me know that it's a possibility.
1: I love that. I, I, I also I was having a discussion with a friend the other day about p- positive affirmation and how, especially in sports, we would get told so much about what we did wrong, right? You'd get told what you did wrong, you messed up this play, blah, blah, blah. In, in life, in career, people get told what they do wrong, but very rarely do people get told what they do right. Mm-hmm. And that positive affirmation is so powerful. Mm-hmm. And people then, because they receive that positive feedback, it encourages them to do that thing more. And so whether you're a business owner, whether you're a coach, whether you're a parent, any sort of positive affirmation that you can give somebody um, in like just in your case, you're right here, Rashad, it, is, it can be absolutely life changing. You know, a short little conversation can be absolutely life changing. So I love that you then took that, grabbed the reins and then turned yourself into an eight year NFL pro. Um, what do you think was your biggest key to success in that journey?
2: man, biggest uh, so many but I, I would say for my my eight year tender in the league, um, I truly learned and I tell people there's a difference between a NFL player and a pro athlete. Um, I learned how to become a pro. Mm. Uh, your NFL athlete, is a guy that has buku amounts of talent that were was above their um class uh, beyond their time <laughs> mm-hmm. and could get away with uh lackadaisical because it's just talent they're just going to show mm-hmm. up get an a on the test and don't study
1: mm-hmm.
2: and but once you get to the big leagues everybody was the man before they got there, right? Yeah. Like in high school, everybody that's the man goes to college and then all yeah. of those men are there. And then yeah. who, whoever's the man of college goes to the NFL and all of those like, so y- y- there's no more hiding, man. Everybody yeah. is really good. Yeah, we we know all those stories, get over it. So it's, um. then if you get hurt, having to take care of your body, you know, uh, understanding a playbook, handling media, off the field you know finances are there it's like becoming an adult very quickly mm-hmm. um, was something that i was fortunate enough to have family around me um, and some loving brothers that that kind of put me in my place um in, in in college so i could be prepared for it but also i i learned how to state um tunnel vision you yeah. know um i i my my plan b was to accomplish plan a right like yeah. i'm a super focused individual i got a plan c but i'm a very focused individual um and i was able to stay out of trouble like just the little things man i'm i've never drank alcohol a day in my life um you know i never smoked you know i didn't get arrested didn't get caught up in some crazy stuff um you know i got my fair share of speeding tickets i'm no saint i'm not you know what i mean saying i'm perfect yeah. by any means but I, I do recognize when I i have nine nephews that I have these conversations with of Uncle Shah, What did you do? Because often, because they're younger than me, they see the red carpet side of Uncle Shah. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, mm-hmm. they didn't see what I had to do to get to the red carpet. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, sharing that with them is important. By the way,
1: you're a you're a running back. You like to go fast, man. So yeah, the odd speeding you. ticket, I, I get, get
2: heavy it. Foot. heavy foot, baby. I get
1: it. <laughs> I love what you talked about there about learning to become a pro. Uh, because I believe, I think in the NFL, the, the uh, average career span, I think, is three years, mm. somewhere around three years in the NHL. And you played eight. So you played almost three times the average, the length of the average career. The NHL is five years and I was 13 years in the NHL. Um, and one of the things I learned, too, was to become the, what we phrased was a consummate professional. And when you see, you know, like when I say that word, that term consummate professional, you probably think of guys that you played with. You're like, yeah, this guy, he ate right. He slept right. He thought right. He connected with teammates. He was an integral human being. He showed up. He had passion. He had dedication. He had resilience, injuries he would rebound from. He was a team guy. You think of the consummate professional. And that was one of the things that I learned too, same thing in hockey. There's guys that were just better. They were just graced with amazing talent. But then when you get to that level to repeat year after year after year, it takes more than just amazing talent. And it's what you do. It's your behaviors the character of who you are as a human being that keep you there. It's your resilience. It's your willingness to study the playbook or to pre-study, to pre-video the upcoming games, to video, watch video from previous games to rest, to recovery. Like you said, you didn't have bad habits of drinking or smoking. Diet is on point. So many things keep you there to performance. Um, And then I want to touch on one other thing that I think professional athletes are able to do that maybe separates them from the masses a little bit. You said it yourself, you were able to be tunnel vision and singular focused. How does that, how, if you can make that understandable and digestible for our how men think community that a lot of people are pulled in multi directions and cannot stay laser focused in one way to elevate to extreme success. How were you able to do that?
2: Well, there's many ways to do it. I, I mean, I could talk your head off about this particular topic, but I mean, I I throw one out there that's uncommonly said. Um, There, anger right anger is a strong strong emotion and it creates a lot of blood flow Mm -hmm. um now what you do with that anger is up to you all right (laughs) but you know anger is a nice pre-workout
1: yeah, yeah, I get you
2: yeah. after that workout. That's what we do. yeah. And so what I was I've been able to do throughout my life is is channel anger. Mm. But usually, anger But you
1: towards an individual,
2: anger towards something that happened to you earlier in life. What's what's the anger towards? Yeah, any and everything, man. I've taken anger out on a relationship with my father before. Uh, with with uh, relationships with um, teachers before
1: and you're talking, you're taking these onto the field or into the weight room in performance.
2: Yeah. yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I take some of the anger I have and generate to stay up at night and write. You know what I mean that's fuel for me um, because it's I've recognized for me that it's strong, right mm-hmm. and, and it, but if you need to learn how to channel it the right way, right. And mm-hmm. so channeling anger is a great motivation. Um, because we all have it, and and a lot of times we try to run from our angers, right? I don't want to deal with it, but for me, I've recognized, no, 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 no. I want that, feel that, use it right.
1: Um, I think that's yeah, and I think that can that if you can control that, because I think that can be very destructive too if you if you just can. let that run all over you. Um, okay. But I also believe that if you can control that and harness it, which you, said you were able to, you were able to have a strong enough mind to control it, harness it and direct it in a positive way that mm-hmm. I think it can create, like you said, it's a great pre-workout. It can create enough emotion within you to drive you to suit, to levels and depths that maybe you weren't able to achieve just on your own, when you actually use that as a source a motivation source, it I tried to do it yesterday in my workout, since I've been out of since I've been retired from hockey, I don't have a lot of anger. Somebody didn't just kick my ass last night. You know, so I don't, I don't have a lot of anger in my life. Life is pretty good. But I tried to like, go back is snap back into that competitive intense athlete mindset of trying to beat somebody. And it just made me a little more gritty a little more uh, fired up in my workout. And I felt good doing that again. Now I don't want to live there. I don't want that to be my only source of, of, uh, motivation, but it is a, it is a powerful tool to access from time to time.
2: Right. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And then, I mean, for me, uh, like, like there's levels to it, right. Um, anger is one way t- I, I use to channel, um, some, some, some fuel that's the gas, yeah. but you know, when we start talking about the oil of the car, you know, now that's different, you know.
1: What else did you use as motivation? What were other ways that you stayed highly motivated during eight years in the NFL?
2: My future, man. I, I would always think about uh, my kids that I don't have today. Like mm-hmm. I, I, and I live with death on my mind a lot. Not in a, ta- and it's very it's taboo to talk about death, right? It, it's, and not a not a morbid way, but I really do keep it on mind a lot that because I want to be a leader for and to my family from the grave and the only way for me to do that is to be cognitive and very present intentional um, with what I do while I'm on this side of the earth from generational wealth from writing a will a proper way um, Mm -hmm. you know uh, all the things that encompass of what it looks like to be a leader from the grave I think about that and Mm -hmm. uh, you know that kind of keeps me humble and 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 i think about again i don't have children and so i think about the fact that i'm 35 right now and i want to be able to tell my kids hey you know i remember this moment when i was 25 i was thinking about you when i did x y and z yeah you know, i i'm 35 i'm having this i'm having a zoom call right now and i actually brought you guys up of of, of reason why i'm still motivated today i want to yeah. show them this like these are the things that keeps me going of waking up excited to grasp life in the 12 odd, whatever hours that I'm up. Um, who can I motivate? How can I be motivated? You know, how can I be a better person for my community um, where are the quality levels It's like a, it's like a scale of vitamins. Right. Um, and every year I get, I get my blood drawn to see mm-hmm. where my levels are. And you know, for me waking up, I, I check my attitude levels as well. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I can't yeah. and enjoy today. Yeah, I, I gotta put it in there. So um a true balance in life, man. I I, I consider myself somebody that always is trying to find poise and balance. I mean, I mean I mean that to the fullest from if if you if a democrat argues with me they're going to think i'm a republican and if a republican argues with me they're going to think i'm a democrat i'm a true independent so yeah. like i'm i'm so even-keeled balanced I, i'm a logical thinker in all aspects of my life
1: i love it i love it dude how about this this is a question for you cuz i'm 37 i'm 2 years older than you we are both athletes but retired athletes when we i don't have kids either when we have kids they won't know us as a professional athlete, right? Like they won't be in the in the football stadium with you or at practice with you. You played with guys that had their kids in the locker room and stuff and that's so cool. But our kids, when we have kids, hopefully we both do, won't know us as that. That will be memories that we share with them and show them, but they won't know us as that. They're gonna know you as an author or as a, an actor or a TV host, whatever you're currently doing. Does that do you ever think about that that oh my kids aren't going to be able to watch me play they aren't going to be i'm not going to be able to take them to the stadium
2: yeah no nah, i've thought about that before and to touch on what you had mentioned about watching guys come in with their sons or the daughters and you know i even think about man if i was a kid trying to soak all this in what would i be thinking you know how much of a or how how big of life would my dad be if he if my dad yeah. was currently playing in the NFL. Yeah, well, that's yeah. insane um, to a kid's mind, good gracious. So, but now I think about that, about how how cool it is though, that I will have to hang on to the moments of videotapes and the yeah. stories, um, and, and, and I'm excited that they won't have to grow up in the um, hype of the NFL.
1: Mm, yeah.
2: Because I think that could be difficult. I watched my nephews grow up in it when I was in my prime, and they're in high school, and even how much attention they would receive just because of what their uncle was doing. Yeah, um, it's cool, but you don't receive a lot of attention because, hey, I saw your uncle's new book out. Yeah, Yeah. in high school, you know what I mean. I'm, 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 I'm excited to instantly come off as a dork to my kids. Uh Oh, so cool, man. That's what I want
1: to be, Tom. Um, I think it. I think it's going to be cool. One thing about that is your kids are going to know you as some. You're you're going to have some other quote unquote profession when you have kids, and you're going to be in a shining example for them of somebody who can live multiple lives. That you are multi talented. That you elevated to the best of the best in football and now you transitions and now you've elevated in this other arena on life. And then maybe there's another one you elevate to another arena in life. I think that's wonderful. I think that's just so inspiring to a kid to see that, that dad can be successful in whatever he does. So it's not just about what he's doing. It's about the characteristics of dad. So Mm. I think that's so cool. Uh, Let's talk about the artist, the, uh, or the author side of you. Um, let's talk about the two books you've written, because I love how you've segued from athlete into an author. Can you tell us about the two books you've written?
2: Yeah, sure. So um, again, tapping back into the first book, um, The If in Life, which became a New York Times bestseller. Mm-hmm. I had no idea that that was in the mix. Um, I I don't even know how they evaluate which one's become the New York Times bestseller, but when they, I got that call, I was floored. Um, yeah, but I, so- I wrote Thanks, man. I appreciate that so much. Uh, and when I have people come up to me, you know, it's, it's still people come up to me periodically, either because of football, the imprint I left there, or yeah. uh, because of Dancing with the Stars. Um, yeah. a lot of Times people come. I want to get to that in a sec. Yeah. Yeah. Or or, or 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 you know, writing books, or I saw you doing catfish, or you know, I seen you on. Good morning, America. Whatever anybody has seen me, you know they come up to say something or ask for an autograph. But I tell you, it's nothing more rewarding. Um, between, uh, if I had to pick, which one touches me more to sign or have a kid come up to me and say, "Hey, can you autograph my jersey?" or autograph this book? The book wins every time. Really, every time, because why? The book, the, the book. Well, football is a is is a piece of me like the book i really gave a lot of me wow and that's my life versus uh, a a chapter you know football is just a chapter of my life and my book encompasses all of me so like watching a kid get excited and say he's motivated to read my book or has read it and has touched them, and the emails i get from parents um it makes me stay up at night and continue to think, how can I connect uh, to this world more by by print? Dude, uh,
1: every time I talk to you, I get so inspired by you because the last time we saw each other was at Lewis House's event. um, And we chatted afterwards. And I asked you about your transition from the NFL to afterlife. And you gave me a really cool story. Do you remember what you said that
2: night? No, which I, I can't recall it right now
1: you said uh, you said you looked at your NFL career like you were a young kid who was at the bar and you knew the bouncer was going to throw you out in just a matter of time so so you're like I enjoyed every second I knew it wasn't going to last forever and I knew at some point I'd get kicked out of this place but I was going to love it until I did Um, and that kind of carefreeness about about your career is something that I I've always I remember that story and I've always tried to bring with me and try to apply to my life because letting go of my career has had a a little more constraint on me. It's been harder for me to let go of it. You you're an inspiration for me for seamlessly transitioning into life after sport and into other, other endeavors. And so hearing that, that football is just a part of you, but the book and what you're doing is like your whole life is just inspiring for me to hear. Can you talk a little bit
2: about the children's book? yes the children's book um again because i grew up with a reader comprehension deficit i struggled academically and uh, i didn't enjoy reading and one of the reasons why i didn't enjoy reading is because i struggled right Mm -hmm. um which actually it's it this is a this is very well i come back to it because it's a very deep thought that i like had a whole revelation about like four years ago that's kind of cool. I think it inspires some people that may struggle academically or just even in general in life. But uh, the reason why I want to write kids' books is because a lot of young males don't enjoy reading. You know, you'd rather play a video game, go outside, run around. Yeah. But statistically speaking, the percentage of kids that have the ability to read above a third grade level um, are 85% less likely. To become incarcerated. Wow! Really? Yes. So, wow! I wanted to catch kids at a young level and give them material that they can actually get lost in. And so, for myself as a writer, you know, I understand this idea of things becoming very addictive, and they they have an addiction inside of food. Right? Chips are one of the prime ways that science have proven addiction between the amount of carbohydrates. Uh, fat and sodium, the combination Mm -hmm. makes things addictive. Why you can't Mm -hmm. have one chip truly. Um, There's neurological, I want to have it. And so I've tried my hardest to, for these kids to write in such a way that's addictive to what is going to happen next. I have to know before I go to sleep, like that's the type of energy that's in these books. Um, Because if you're going to be addicted, be addicted to something that's good. I love that,
1: man. I I love the intention and the encoded energy you're putting into this like it's not just i want to write a children's book for kids to read it's 85 percent of kids who have a third grade reading level or higher are less likely to be incarcerated like there's such an encoded energy and a purpose into this um you're a deep dude man I, every time i talk to you i discover more and more you're a really thoughtful guy
2: i uh, love it no man and so what one of the things talking about being thoughtful you might appreciate this or you know, or just take a seat on it for a second, because I I wanted to, I struggled reading, right? And I realized I struggled reading because I didn't respect my voice. When I read at my best, it was because I was pretending to sound like a teacher. Mm. I was pretending to sound like somebody I respected. You know, we can read a book and narrate in somebody else's voice.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Whenever I pretend to be another person reading, I would read well. Why? Because I'm hearing them. Because mm. I respect them. I never really respected my own voice, so I ran from it when I heard it, and I struggled listening and, listening to it. And the same thing when I was younger with my opinions. Right? If I hear somebody else's opinion that I respect, I take it and run. But if I hear my own voice,
1: mm-hmm.
2: hear my own opinion about myself. Mm, I don't really know if I can do it. I don't know if I can because I really struggle respecting my own voice. So over time, you know, when people say I have a voice, it totally resonates with me differently because the the, the more I begin to respect the sound that I have, I I, I totally became a better reader.
1: Dude, we we should do a whole nother episode on that about trusting yourself because so many of us trust other people almost implicitly. You know, we have good friends. We have people in our lives, in our circles that we look up to and almost hang on their words and really trust them, but have very little trust in ourselves. It's a very common thing going on in the world. Um, but that, that'd be a whole nother, uh, I think, podcast, but an interesting topic to uncover. I want to now talk about. Dancing with the stars. You are you are a mirror ball champion? Dancing with the stars, man. I'm so I'm so jealous of you. Um i because so, Emma, Emma is a great friend and a wonderful human being. Uh and right, and Sasha too. I love them both. Um, can you tell me about why you wanted to go on dancing with the stars?
2: So such a highlight in my life, man. Like what in what in the world? You um, smile
1: about it every time I ask you about it. You instantly smile, like almost a bigger smile than asking you about the NFL.
2: Bro, It is. It really is. I, I, I have no idea. I, the NFL at least had a desire and I worked really hard at it. Like it was a whole plan, a hope. and This came out of clear blue sky. Dancing with the Stars. What? So what I do every offseason, I will say this. I'm an audited deck. I'm addicted to learning. I just love learning new things. And so every off season, I would pick up a new art or craft. Um, the first off season, I picked up the guitar, learned how to play it till a point I could get in the studio. John Mayer is the reason why I picked up a guitar. Um, then the next off season, I learned a bunch of magic tricks. Right, so, so I know cool. tons of them. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it's never a dull party with me. And um, so then the next off season, I picked up poetry, archery, Olympic style fencing. Every single off season, I pick up something new. And this last off season, I was at one of my buddies, Shindig. They're having a whole little party and hanging out and barbecuing. And I was in the house and there was this commercial that came on and some people was moving across the screen really good. And they were dancing. I was like, yo, that is dope. What in the world are they doing? One of my buddies, she's actually, a dancer, and she knew what they were doing. So she said, oh, that's a cha-cha. I said, mm-hmm. what the heck is a cha-cha? She said, that's ballroom dancing. I said, what the heck is ballroom dance?" I... And she said, Rashad, you should really check it out. I said, can I teach me to do that? He said, yeah, sure. I said, you know what? That's what I'm gonna learn this offseason. season. I'm gonna go figure out some ballroom dancing, right? So I'm in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. I train every day from 8 a.m. to about like 1 p.m. And then I have yep. the rest of the evening off. Yep. And uh, so one day all sweaty, yoked up, just finished working out, when I Googled the local uh, ballroom studio, the nearest ballroom studio to where I was standing. And I go in, open the door. Ding. I got a tank top on like just girly dude coming in and everybody's all daintily. And, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Ballroom.
2: And I'm like, what the heck is this? And the lady, <laughs> this shows you how much I knew nothing. The lady says, hey, can we help you? And I said, I said, yeah, I'm looking for the cha-cha, like it's a person. <laughs> and she yeah. said, you know, yes, we can teach you how to cha-cha. Yeah. Said, oh, yeah, yeah. That's that's what I was looking looking for. And she she laughs and she pulled me to the desk and um, she said, would you like some privates or, or, or are you OK with open floor? I said, definitely got to be private. I don't want anybody to see anything. <laughs> and She said, well, we don't have any availability until two weeks from today. I said, sure, no problem, I'll be back in two weeks. A week from that day, dance With The Stars called. Come on. Never got a chance to go to that ballroom studio. And what makes this funny, I never got a chance to go to that ballroom studio. The first dance on Dance With The Stars I learned was a cha-cha. And when I won, that lady called me and said that I was supposed to learn from them. Mm -hmm. She said, what just happened? (laughs) 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 Learn. And she's looking on TV, seeing me win a show. So it was, it was, a, it was a time. But no, nah, I mean, I enjoyed it. Um, I learned so much about myself. Um, I'm a true hopeful romantic, so I enjoyed the the connectivity that I understand the dance provides, you know. Yeah. And also, I'm I'm I cannot wait to release a book that I have uh, about how much uh, relationships and ballroom dance merge. Um, man it was just such a highlight I, I can't i and and then we went on tour and if you would have told me at the age of 15 one day you're going to be selling out arenas for dancing out of i self. know <laughs> i know it's so cool uh but you know what i
1: i also like really admire and respect you about for that is one you had the courage to go to a totally different arena one i love the fact that you learn a new skill every off season that's amazing that's just like i hope people just absorb that like a sponge because that's incredible. Two, you had the courage to go into a totally different arena and try something you've never done before. But then I also remember when you won, I think they announced that you and Emma had logged, I think, 324 hours of practice during that season. It was so, it was some astronomical number that was almost twice as much as any other competitor there, um, which just goes to show that you'll be successful in whatever you do because there's underlying characteristics present within you as a human being That will come out and can come out in any different avenue of life or any different career that you pursue so myself watching that witnessing that is super inspiring and i would go on that show in a heartbeat because i
2: i think it's a beautiful art and i would so love to learn to dance do it man if you ask, definitely do it it it's it it, it's life-changing man i had a great experience emma helped that uh that that the whole notion of You know, one wanting to learn how to dance. And you know, you create you create so I created many friendships from the show. And yeah, you know, it's a whole new audience. I got to let people know who I am as a person, not just the jersey I wear. Yeah. And what was the neatest part? And you probably can understand this, man. Like coming from sports and you know, playing like true American gladiator sports, man amongst Mm -hmm. men hitting each other. And then Parlaying that into one of the most gentle arts, yeah, ballroom dance, like polar opposites. You know, yeah. I've, yeah. I'm built to run through human beings, mm-hmm. and I have to figure out where to place this the ballroom posture, ballroom right? And yeah. not stand on, yeah, it's crazy. It's lean it, your head back and chest <laughs> out and hips
1: <laughs> underneath, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but, but, uh, but what's, what's super cool about it too is like you have a rhythm, you have a rhythm, an athletic rhythm of running of agility of jumping of of squatting of weightlifting that's a whole different rhythm but rhythm and dance moving your body is in dance is a completely different language mm-hmm. just because like we're athletes we know how to move our body through space but the thing i love about it is like captivates me is then interpreting the music and having that rhythm come through your body and when I dance I just feel so awkward I'm like god why do I feel so out of rhythm I'm an athlete I move my body how come my my body feels like it's moving really weird
2: (laughs) that's hilarious man no I'm sure you would kill it though I know you would if I was partnered with
1: Emma yeah because Emma I think can I think Emma can make magic out of anybody yeah she made me look better than I am <laughs> Dude, I love it. I, I, it was so fun to watch you because you crushed that season. Um, we're gonna get, uh, we're gonna take a quick break, my man, and then we're gonna come back with some listener questions for professional athletes. So some of these, Rashad, I'm sure you've been asked. Other ones, our community submits some interesting questions. So other ones, I don't know if you've ever been asked these questions. We'll be right back with more after the break back from break we have our outstanding engineer slash producer slash man of all trades and the best mustache in the business mr easton allen with us and he's going to fire some some of the how men think listener questions rapid fire to rashad and i uh we are two professional athletes and we're going to answer your questions as best we can
2: let's see what we get.
0: yeah
1: what do we got easton
0: thank you for that introduction brooks i appreciate it uh our first question where can you meet a professional athlete and have a chance, but not be mistaken for a groupie have a chance?
2: Yeah. chance. Well, Hey, look, I'm going to say like, like, I think you can meet a professional athlete anywhere. Um, nowadays, um, I, I would say for myself where you would find me at, you would find me at a lot of foundational events. Um, you'll, you'll find me from time to time, just at a great sushi restaurant, you know, uh, it, that, those type of places you're going to find me. Yeah. You, you ain't gonna find me too often in the club. And if you find me in the club, I'm in the VIP section anyway. So <laughs> got to know somebody knows somebody. but like into <laughs> to, to the approach simple. You'll be surprised. A lot of a professional athlete is just an athlete and athletes, just a human. Most people like simplicity. Just come up, have a genuine conversation uh, and, and see what, see where it goes from there. You probably have a chance more than, you know, ask them to
1: cha-cha. Absolutely. where right. the cha-cha. <laughs> the cha-cha. Um, I, I love what you said there, dude. Um, yeah, because the the foundational one for sure. That's a great place to meet somebody. And then sushi, I would I would I echo with that as well. So I I'm gonna just accept Rashad's answers as mine.
2: I would I would I would I know she can't answer, but I would like her to a, a, answer this. Where does a professional athlete go to find a genuine girl? Ooh, oh, yes. there man. we go. Oh, another <laughs> You
1: gotta yeah, uh, you gotta go to like yoga class or like a
2: coffee shop. I found out that the Kale section in Whole Foods are where the best women are.
0: Mm,
1: there you go. Okay.
0: All right. The kale section, that's where we gotta hang. Uh next question is it a no go if he or she has dated or slept with someone else on the team?
1: Yeah, that's a that's a that's almost a no fly zone. That's a tough one. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Me personally, I lose all interest if if a dude has talked to a girl in any way, shape, form, or capacity. That's just me though. I don't know what it is about it. So for me, it's it's off limits.
1: I I have a teammate I played with one guy who married a girl that used to date one of our teammates. So it, it does happen.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. They it have happened. and they have kids now, yeah. It does happen. Just, just a personal deal, if 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 you have any interest in me yeah, you, you, you better, you can't have talked to somebody I know. <laughs> All
0: right. Uh, next one between training and practice and everything like that, how much time can you actually devote to a relationship?
1: Um, my answer of that, when I was like between the age of 20 and 30, I was consumed as a professional athlete like every every ounce of energy I had every decision I made was toward my sport I was and I did that to myself I mm-hmm. fully wear that I was consumed it was eat sleep rest train rinse wash repeat it was if like my rest was important so I wasn't going out on date nights my diet was important so I wasn't just eating everything and whatever it was just I was dialed in as an athlete I fully admit I did not have a lot of time to date when I was tw- 20 to 30. And then after that, I wanted more fulfillment in my life and started getting a little more balance in my personal life.
2: Yeah, and I second that. It's it can be it depends on the person, right? Like you can't box one after I know some people that don't eat right and don't sleep right. And that, you know, and still don't have time for a relationship. So mm-hmm. but I, I would say for myself, I, um, I was I was I was tunnel vision. Um, you know, I was married to my dream. And uh, before before anybody, and so I gave a lot of effort to it. It is, it is time consuming. If you, you know, if you're eating right, it, you know, now you can't have your QC date night eating your brown, sharing a, sharing a dessert as much because you focus and now, you know, that could make her feel like she's not important. So if it's not the right, I wouldn't say right person, uh, if, if it's not the right timing, if, you, if two people really just don't understand where each other are at in life and know their limits, it could be tough.
1: I don't want to say that's every professional athlete though. I don't want to like scare people off. That's just how I approached it. And maybe that's how Rashad approached it. But I played with many, many, many guys that were married. A lot of guys that were married young and, and their partners were a huge part of their lives and a huge part of their careers as well. That was just my path.
2: Absolutely.
0: Would either of you consider dating someone who isn't famous?
2: Absolutely. Uh, Yeah, I probably, uh, would prefer to, to be honest with you, um, to, 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 be with somebody that's not famous. Um, you know, but that, that's me. I, I think, I, th- and there's no right, right. Hey, you fall in love with whoever you fall in love with. I'm not saying that I would never, but instantly if somebody put on paper, would you want to date a celebrity or non-celebrity? I would say non-celebrity.
0: And, uh, here, here's another like lifestyle one. What about, or is it true that athletes only date girls that are super fit?
2: No, I say no, my, my ex wasn't. So no, uh-uh. I'm not. I think, uh, now nah, you're, I think you're most humans are attracted to people that are fit. Don't get me wrong. Like, hello, <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? But no, nah, so as far as the, as far as a commitment to someone, Um, You know, you want somebody that is, I think, more so active than this figurative model, so to speak. I I think that is very important to be with somebody that is an active individual.
1: I I would echo that. Um, The question was super fit. So to be real picky here, the question said super fit. I don't think every athlete dates somebody who is super fit, but um, to, to be honest, most ath- most athletes will date somebody who is, is, like Rashad said, active, looks after themselves, cares for themselves well, is a healthy, active, fit person.
0: Is it more attractive if the girl is interested in sports?
1: Uh, I don't think so.
2: Yeah, I would say what's attractive is the willingness. Right, so like I actually would, I actually enjoy somebody that doesn't understand the game of football. It's like it's hilarious to watch them try to figure it out, yeah. (laughs) So it ain't, it's the willingness to sit there and wait, he did what I thought that was, I thought that was a foul, like that's hilarious, right? To try to figure, watch her figure it out, and the same thing for me to her, like I don't know anything about probably. Some of the stuff she may bring to the table, but she probably will love the fact that I'm willing to figure out what nail polish is the best. So (laughs) it's the willingness that is what is attractive. I ain't really worried if you know everybody's stats or names more than me. That ain't attractive.
1: Uh, Yeah, Uh, I actually liked because I was so focused on my career. I actually liked and preferred somebody that didn't have any idea about the sport because I could get away from the sport. Whereas I, I have teammates who had wives that were like, what did the coach say in the locker room after the game? What is, like, And I was like, wow, how can you be that invested everywhere? Like I needed to get away from it. I needed to be all in when I was there and then in a relationship, get away from it. And I actually preferred somebody that didn't have uh, a real in-depth knowledge or background of the sport.
0: All right. Uh, th- this is an interesting one. Are As an athlete, are you easily tempted to be unfaithful?
2: I would say that is just you can take out the word athlete and just say as a human, you know, um, I see more. I've seen more. Doctors. <laughs> I've seen more doctors in places they shouldn't be at than athletes. All right. So it's not just an athlete thing. It's it's truly a human thing in it. Are you tempted? Yes. Who is, everybody's always tempted. It's just, the, the tempt is relevant. It's about are you going to respond, you know, to to these tempts. Um, but to answer the question, yeah, everybody's tempted, you know.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. I think um, more is kind of more temptation kind of comes your way. You're as an athlete, you're a young guy. You are very successful, very driven. Um, you probably. Have have a few bucks in your wallet um, you have some sort of fame or notoriety some sort of communal importance quote unquote um, so that, that there's just more probably you'll probably get approached more than maybe just the other guy from town Um so then but it's just like Rashad said then it's you know how do you handle it do you just you know um, say hey, it's great. Nice to meet you. Have a nice day, and be cordial and polite with a human being because you can still do that. That's completely fine. Or do you um, do you cross boundaries? It's just who you are as a human being. But I think to answer the question, yes, you probably are more tempted just because of what comes with being an athlete. Rashad, are you open to dating right now?
2: <laughs> Define dating.
1: <laughs> uh, I don't. Know. How about this? Who would be your dream date,
2: Rashad? Uh, huh, that's a good one. That's a really good one. I mean, I that wouldn't be, this would not be, a, this isn't answering the question, but this was not, this is not my dream date. but like just to give some kind of like ideas of, you know, myself. I grew up, Jennifer Lopez is my childhood crush. You know what I mean? Um, but like my ideal date of a person, so I enjoy going out on dates. This is a very true thing about me. When I was in uh when I was in New York, when I, I would go out on different dates all the time. Like it was a point where I think I went out on a different date like every four or five days somebody different. And and but this is this is why um how I look at dating, right? You dating get to know somebody. Cool. Nothing wrong with that. I think getting to know somebody all the time. We get to know each other right now. You just don't quote mm-hmm. it in the date, right? It's not the setting. But I would try to find somebody that had some type of skill or profession that they did. And we would go out on a date, right? Like to give no names to anybody, but I would take somebody that was a professional golf, a golfer out. I don't know nothing about golf. You spent 30 Mm -hmm. years to professional to make this a profession. So, you know, a lot about golf. I know a lot about football. Let's exchange lives of information. I've taken somebody who's a gardener. Man, we had one of the greatest dates. We went out in and, 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 uh, and, uh, in a park and she was explaining every plant and how it was made and what is it doing in the atmosphere. And I'm like, this is amazing. You're giving me life. I never would. Let me explain some of my life. Like, so we're. Exchanging. Yeah. yeah. So I date all the time.
1: There's um, it, what you just touched on, Rashad. There's a couple things. I remember hearing things that are aphrodisiacs, natural aphrodisiacs two people. Uh, And two of the things are watching somebody perform their mastery, whatever it is that they do. You're a football, watching you perform at the highest level as a football player is something that is an aphrodisiac to person to somebody. Um, it could be the same as this lady who's a gardener, watching her guard do her thing, something that, that is her mastery, her art form, watching somebody perform their art form is an aphrodisiac. And the other one is uh, watching somebody perform a charitable act. That is very much an aphrodisiac to somebody as well. So, um, yeah. Anyway, I just wanted to share that with the community. There you go. Easton, rapid fire questions. Let's go.
0: All right. These are these are uh, when it comes to women, and it's kind of like an either or thing. So, just first thing that comes to mind: sneakers or stilettos.
2: Sneakers. Stilettos are so sexy. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: makeup or no makeup.
1: I don't like a lot of makeup. Can I go very little makeup? If I had to choose, I'd go no makeup
2: or very little makeup, not makeup. Yeah, either way, it don't make me no difference. Whatever makes me, <laughs> it, it, it ain't too much uh, either.
0: <laughs> All right. Uh, athlete or non-athlete?
2: Athletic. You got to be athletic. You gotta, uh, athletic is fun. active
1: active or athletic yeah somebody because i want to do athletic things in my life i want to climb hills i want to climb mountains i want to go on adventures like and so if somebody isn't isn't able or doesn't want to come on that that's difficult for me all
0: right uh needs to communicate all day long or goes a week without talking
2: you know i'm gonna take i'm gonna take the uh uh uncharted road and say communicate all the time I would do it I would I echo that I'm okay with somebody talking my head off Uh,
0: cooking or cleaning
1: we have to choose one
2: I'm gonna have to say cooking if I might have to pick between between these two it's tough if I have to cooking cooking is cooking is a thing for me
1: definitely I agree with Shad yeah I am happy to, happy to clean everything. If one of the, like my love languages is just give me food, please. Just give me healthy food, cook for me. And I'm a happy man. And so I will happily clean all the dishes, everything. Just like when somebody cooks for me,
2: that is a love language. Yeah. Yeah.
0: A dog person or cat dog person, or person even, all day.
2: Not, no cats allowed in the house. <laughs> too know? much hair uh, with too it, much hair it, with cats. Too much hair to look for a cat, a cat has too many personalities. You have to earn their trust. You have to earn their love. And if there's already a, one person I'm trying to earn all that from, I don't have time for two. I need <laughs> all that's just happy to see me every time I see him. I'm not trying to earn no cat's trust.
0: <laughs> hey, this, this next one's coffee or Cosmo?
1: I don't get it. What's Cosmo? Oh,
0: In Cosmopolitan, I'm guessing like a oh. drink. Shoot. You know, like a fruit
1: whichever you uh, yeah I, I don't i don't drink i don't drink either i don't drink coffee so it's not like i want to share a coffee and i don't drink a Cosmopol- cosmopolitan like rashad i don't drink so um yeah i don't know next question
0: <laughs> yeah i don't drink either i don't know what that means <laughs> um horror movie or action That's comedy tough.
2: action comedy all day depends on the mood man i ain't gonna lie i love a good horror movie i really 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 do so What's I'm, the best one you've seen lately? Man, I haven't seen a good one lately. Like it's um the I mean the last one I saw, what was it? A summer um Somerville. I mean, I ha- I haven't seen a solid horror movie in a while. So if y'all got any, please. But,
1: have it's it's not so much a horror movie, but have you seen the movie? It's probably the like scariest movie I've ever seen because it's based on a true story. Have you seen the movie The Fourth Kind? No. Oh, look up the or watch. Here you go. You got a new movie to watch. Just have somebody in the house the rest of the night. Cause you're going to have nightmares when you watch it. It's based up in Alaska and it's based on some alien encounters. And the, there's like different types of alien encounters And the fourth. It's like seeing an alien, talking to an alien, whatever. The fourth kind is like abduction by an alien. And so that's what this movie is about. And it's got real life, uh, video. It's got real life audio included in the movie. It's called The Fourth Kind. It will scare the out of you. Okay. I'm sold, man.
2: <laughs> Is that on Netflix or something?
1: I don't know. You can find it somewhere, but it's called The Fourth Kind. It's probably on Netflix or Amazon Prime, somewhere like that.
2: All right. I'm going to check it out.
0: All right. We got one more. Strict Vegan or Dunkin' Donuts Regular. <laughs> Strict
2: Vegan. <laughs> Yeah, if I had to pick between them, two, I'm going to I'm gonna go the
1: Dunkin' Donuts regular—that might lead to a bad life trajectory.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not a good, not a good thing.
1: Rashad, my brother, I appreciate you taking the time for us. Um, dude, where can where can people find you? Where do you hang out on social media?
2: Yeah, so my name Rashad Janis. I'm at Rashad Janis on every social media platform: um, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. Everything is just my name. Which one do you spend the most time on? Uh, Instagram and LinkedIn.
1: Right on. Love it, brother. And then where can people find the the new kids book? What's it called and where can people find it?
2: Yeah, so you can actually, I would say, for just go to RashadGenis.com. That's where everything will funnel you um, to anything directly. Um, but just go to RashadGenis.com, everything I've ever done. Um, or for sale, or I'm about, you will get to know me on a different level. um, And you can find ways to support. And also, you can find ways that I can help you guys. I'm always tell people, I don't have all the answers. It's nothing special about me. It's just the position I'm in is very unique. Mm -hmm. It's my job to be a magnifying glass when I I find opportunities to do so. So I'm always looking for uh, more people in the community to help me help you.
1: Brother, you are a special person. There's a ton special about you. You're integral. You are resilient. You're intelligent. You are driven. You are kind. I love your heart, brother. Thank you so much for taking the time, buddy. Our audience appreciates it. Appreciates it. I appreciate it. Um, and uh, next time I see you, we're going to do a cha-cha. <laughs>
2: let's do it man let's
1: do it <laughs> thanks Rashad. best brother i can't wait to see you again soon buddy everybody else thank you for listening till next week take care of one another love one another and we'll see you back here for another episode of how man think